We can't change our skin color. It's in our DNA. We can't change how tall we'll be. It's in our DNA. And we can't not make fart jokes on this podcast. It's in our DNA. You could tell a lot about somebody from their DNA, but the mainstream sequencing services don't treat your data with the respect that you deserve. Today, we welcome Aldo DePop from genomes.io to discuss how your private data should be protected. You'll discover how they're providing access to their service through a unique generative NFT that can be as special as you are. You are unique and crypto is in your DNA. You are our friends are each the very definition of non-fungible. Let's get Genomi with your homies on episode number 596 of the Bad Crypto Podcast. Five, four, three, two, one, zero, ignition. Who's bad? This, folks, is a great episode here. Today, we're all talking about DNA and genomes. And did you know that corn has 32,000 genes packed into 10 different chromosomes? And humans have 20,000 genes spread over 23 chromosomes. And uh, so about 85% of the corn DNA has those segments that are repeated. I think that's pretty interesting. And then there's also some ancient corn DNA that they had actually found some 4,300-year-old corn at El Gigante Rock Shelter in um, in Honduras. And they were able to do a DNA genome sequence on this ancient corn. And it 4,300 years old still wasn't digested. You and your ancient cornhole stories. <laughs> cornhole. So that's this episode. Thanks for tuning in, talking about corn. Yeah. And uh, did you know that corn cobs used to be toilet paper? What? Like dried corn cobs, they would use that to wipe their ass. Actually. Oh, I'm sure some other people got creative with them as well. <laughs> <laughs> that's how the first popcorn was invented. <laughs> Oh, my. So a piece of news just broke related to privacy, Sir Lord Travis, and it has to do with a search engine that we have been recommending in lieu of Google. And we're going to talk about that uh, after our interview with today's featured guest. And I think that you're going to find this really fascinating. Uh, you might have done 23andMe or one of the other DNA sequencing services. And um, I've gone and done it. I think, Travis, you went ahead and did it, not 23andMe, with another service. And today's guest is going to take us further down the rabbit hole about DNA sequencing and your privacy and NFTs. It's all in there. So here we go. It's in your DNA, they say. All the things are in the DNA. We're bad in our DNA, Trav. It's in there. Not my DNA. My DNA is pretty sexy. Wow. Yeah, if you look at it under a microscope, it's like flexing. It is. I looked at it. It's like, it's really, 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 really ridiculously good looking DNA. Yes. Your, your DNA says, do not anger. That's, that's what it stands for. Yeah, you don't want a Travis rant this early in the day. Mm -mm, no, it is early for us, but it's not for our guest who is on the other side of the pond. You know, we've talked in the past about how services like 23andMe that do DNA sequencing um, don't aren't always upfront with what they do with the data that they are pulling from the DNA sequencing. And the word is, is that they sell it to the highest bidder. And so, uh, you know, talk about an invasion of privacy, but Genomes DAO is seeking to solve that problem by allowing individuals safe, private, and auditable monetization of their own genomic data, meaning because it's on blockchain, you control it. And we have with us the co-founder and CEO of Genomes DAO, Aldo Dupop, and uh, welcome to Bad Crypto, good sir. Thank you so much, Joel. Thank you. Hi, Travis. Great to meet you guys. Did, did I pronounce Thank the name right? Did I get it right? Almost. That's, that's perfect. It's perfect. <laughs> so almost is not perfect. Almost no, is almost. It's not, okay. Okay. I'm going to be honest. It's not do. It's do. Yeah. Duh. Yeah. Duh. Come on, yeah. Joel. Duh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, we're glad that you're here. And before we 
head into the core of the topic, why don't you tell us a little bit about your background? Sure. So um, I, so my background is I, um, I worked, so after graduating, um, I did a boring business degree because I thought that would, you know, um, would, would make me an all-rounder and, um, you know, understand business. And I wanted to become a businessman. Um, um, I, I started working in scientific publishing. Um, so working for uh, big um, uh, uh, STM publishers like uh, Springer, you might have heard of them, or uh, Macmillan. And uh, Macmillan publishes uh, this big scientific journal that's called Nature. And, uh, you know, that is the, I think, most significant scientific journal in our world. Um, and uh, uh, Macmillan had set up a corporate venture capital fund whereby they invested in very good ideas that would benefit researchers and research. And uh, one of these ideas was a company called Fixshare and its founder, Mark, um, he uh, is a geneticist. And Mark and I were paired up. We, we started working on Fixshare. After three years, I left because I had a little something called Founders Envy because uh, I didn't want to be the advisor to people who were founding companies. I actually wanted to start my own company, which I did in 2014. And then I founded an education company called uh, Teach Pitch, an education technology company that helps train teachers, uh, train and upskill teachers to, to, to use technology more wisely and better in the school and classroom. Did you say it was and- called Teach Bitch? What? Teach pitch. No, oh, pitch. Pitch. okay. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. you're yeah. over there going to these teachers, you know, they're not yeah. teaching and you're like, teach yeah. bitch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Teach, uh, yeah. No, you won't forget the name now anymore. Pitch. Right. So, uh, no, it's with a P it's with a P teach pitch. <laughs> How does and, Travis uh, not have something to say to that? He, he <laughs> must really just be waking up over there or something. I just... um, yeah. The brain, the brain's not fully firing yet, bitch. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> So, so anyway, so uh, um, Mark and I, we stayed in touch um, uh, and, and, you know, we, we, we're good friends and, and we, we continued our conversation around DNA and, and uh, all the things you can read um, and see in your genome. Uh, that's tremendous. And we're only at the, at the very beginning of this, because if you look at this, you know, the evolution of this specific sector, it's only 22 years old. So the first genome was sequenced 22 years ago at a cost of a, a few billion dollars um, to, get, to get it all going. And currently this is, this, this is being done as a mainstream product. And, you know, Joel, I believe you've, you've done it for, you know, under, uh, you know, the $400 mark, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, $299. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about we'll that, talk about whether or not that. I made a mistake soon. Yeah, yeah. So, so for us, that's an indication that the value is not in the sequencing and, you know, in the actual act in the laboratory, getting it all registered, but that the, the, the value is in the information and, and what you can read in the information, what you can do in the information. And you, you know, in your introduction, you already opened with that there are direct to consumer genetic companies such as 23andMe, MyHeritage or Ancestry.com that are very knowledgeable about that. And, and, you know, their business model is on one hand to you as a consumer, getting you to sequence your genome in exchange for a gimmicky Ancestry report. Uh, but on the other hand, they, they cross-sell your data to, as you said, to the highest bidder, which is a pharmaceutical company or a research organization. Um, and we felt that they might have, uh, dotted the I's and crossed the T's from a from a legal perspective, because you know before you purchase the 23andMe product, uh, you need to agree to a you know 23 uh, clauses you know document uh, you know or, or pages. So it's quite a heavy terms and conditions uh, uh, thing that you need to agree to. And one of them might stipulate like, listen, from now on we can do whatever we want with your data. But we don't think that's necessarily correct from an ethical perspective, because it basically means you lose all control over what happens with your DNA data. And um, so that's why we started thinking and say, well, how can we prevent this from happening um, without blocking any of the scientific progress that that obviously also comes along with with providing data to to people who need it, eh? by people who can read it. So so we also want to make sure that that process continues to flourish 
but but doing this in a way that the, the original owner of the DNA data can also remain involved. And and that's what you know what genomes DAO is trying to do. Yeah, it's it's fascinating because you know we want to know who we are, we want to know where we come from, we want to know. I'd love I'd love to know this. And actually, uh, my girlfriend is Russian. She brought me a um, a DNA a genetic test from Russia, and um, we put our my, put my name on there as um, Vladimir Putin. <laughs> and uh, and uh, so it's coming, or Vladimir Tutin, one of the two. I don't remember exactly which one it is, but we spelled it in Russian. And so when it comes out, that's what mine, that's what mine will be. Um, and now I just said that, and so now they're going to be able to tie it to me. Oh my God, I'm such an idiot. Um, so uh, so uh, yeah, so I, I wanted I wanted to actually know what my DNA is, but I didn't trust 23andMe because who founded 23andMe? Right? It was Sergey Brin, the CEO of uh, or one of the co-founders of Google, his wife. And I said, wait a second, the CEO, the founder of 23andMe is the Google's wife. Do you think I want them to know my data? It's almost like it's it's almost like when someone, in my opinion, when someone knows your genetic code, it's almost like Superman and Kryptonite. Like they could know exactly what's going to get you, right? And so it's like that's a little that's my little tinfoil kind of thing. So what, what are your thoughts on, on, on some of that uh, jarbly garbage that I just spewed? No, I, I think you're right. I mean, we're, we're less in the um, kind of demonizing the Web 2.0 player in this regard, because uh, as I said before, it's only 22 years old. People started somewhere and, you know, we get wiser by doing and, and, and getting to know the market better and all these interactions of, as to what happens with your data. You know, I think many, many tools, you know, whether this is Facebook, Instagram, or kind of anything that requires interaction from you as an individual with, 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 a, with a kind of an, an open database, if you will, there is always a liability that there's leakage of your data, right? Whether this is consciously done, whether this is done intentionally, or whether this is, is done on purpose, uh, you know, kind of uh, accidentally, that, that, you know, that remains to be seen. So, so I, I, I'd say that, you know, the founders of 23andMe, they are, you know, I, I, I of course don't know them personally, but I think it's, it, it, it's clever what they've done, uh, but it's, it's a little bit archaic uh, if you look at how people now want to deal with their data, how individuals now basically want to want their data to be dealt with when they are engaging with such tools uh, like 23andMe. So, so we would like to more think of it as natural pr progression of technology, you know, stepping from Web 2.0 into Web 3.0 and, 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 and basically transitioning from uh, systems that are based on on trust into trustless systems, because that's that's effectively what our infrastructure is trying to do. That, you know, even if we if we would want to, as as the founders of 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 uh, genomes DAO, even if we want to open the vaults, we wouldn't be able to technologically, because we've yeah. So 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 we won't be able to get to the data, and whoever you know wants to take us over, or you know whatever happens in the future, they would need to accept the fact that the data remains in the vaults that can only be opened in its entirety by the vault owners. So the ones that, you know, who are the owners of the sequence, so to say. I got a, um, a double question for you here, and I want you to make it really simple for those of us that are not rocket scientists. How exactly do they decode DNA, right? Uh, and, and again, make it as high level as possible. Don't get too much in the weeds. And the, the follow-up to that is, Besides the novelty of, um, you know, knowing your heritage, what are some of the benefits of understanding your decoded genome sequence? Sure. So um, I'm not, uh, you know, you, you just asked about my background. I'm not a geneticist, right? So, so I, I, I haven't been in a laboratory and have worked with the data. Um, we, we have a team of geneticists. So, so, you know, to really get a precise answer on your first question on how exactly does the decoding happen, you know, we, we can verify and bring in my co-founder, Mark, who is the geneticist. We can bring in him later. But the, the, how, it, how it works, you know, how my understanding is that your code is exactly that. It's, 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 it's a sequence of what you call base pairs. And these base pairs are, are just numbers 
that 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 come together and and what is in a laboratory is done is basically they they make sure that the base pairs all add up into a uh, kind of a, a long sequence um and 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 when you read that in its entirety it reads to you being you and and the the kind of and this is also where uh, why it's so valuable is because there's only one code for one person so it's it's very unique to you. It's the blueprint to who you are. So it's not as such. So uh, Travis, when you mentioned you had you 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 had written on it, uh, Vladimir uh, Tutin or, or whatever you did, um, people will find out very can find out very quickly, even though it, your name is not on it, that it is actually you, right? So so it it is so unique that that you know in your lifetime you're going to have multiple phone numbers, you're going to have multiple home addresses but you will only have one uh, genomic sequence. Only if you have an identical twin, you would share uh, 100% similar DNA sequence with someone else, but in any other situation you want, right? And, and um, so that's one thing. Now to your second question, what can you read with it? A lot. And we're only at the very beginning of what you can read. Currently, we know that you can you can gain information on an on an ancestry level, because that's where every everything started, right? On a genetic ancestry level. So you can find out, like, hey, my ancestors, you know, they come from Ireland or they come from Germany or you know, wherever they come from. And that, that gives you an interesting kind of perspective on things. Um, you can also find out whether you are a carrier for any specific rare diseases. So, um, and, you know, carrier doesn't have to mean that you, you know, you're actually going to be sick, but it, it, it would imply that uh, the next generation, so, so your offspring, your children or grandchildren, they might get a, get a similar, get a disease of, of which you are the carrier. So, you know, these are uh, some things. Um, it, it, your genomic code can speak to whether you are uh, susceptible of getting a specific disease maybe a little bit earlier when you speak about heart disease or, or anything that could be genetic. Um, uh, connections can be made between, because uh, there are diseases out there, specifically rare diseases, um, whereby we currently don't know yet whether there's any genetic connection that can be made. So, you know, if someone's sick, someone's sick. But what if we found out that there's actually a genetic connection so that it's actually, you know, the sickness is passed on uh, to you by your ancestors. So that would reveal something and, and that could help us in, in the process of finding a cure for it, right? And this is exactly also where uh, the pharmaceutical uh, industry is, is, is finding a value for it because they use your genomic sequence for the development of something that we would like to call precision medicine. So uh, our uh, sequence is, is uh, so even though each sequence is, is, is very different from each other, you could argue that there are similarities, you know, in the genomic sequence of, of people in, in Western Europe. And, and, you know, it could be that, you know, people, for instance, in Sub-Saharan Africa, uh, you know, uh, uh, they, they, they might have something in common on, on a genetic level. Um, um, and, and, and you can you can further kind of group that, you know, so if you go for, you know, let's say, if, if, if people want to sequence the genomes of, of men over 40 in, in Scotland, which is, you know, where I live, so I would belong to that demography, if you basically take that group and you start looking at their genomes, you might be able to see certain similarities that you have, you know, and I'm just, this is just an example of a group, right, you get, can get a lot more specific, but because you have those subgroups, and you have their genetic uh, uh, sequences, you could argue like, hey, what kind of medicine goes with this specific person? And that could go be done very granular all the way up to, okay, here's Joel's genetic profile. And uh, Joel is, is, you know, needs just a little bit of this, a little bit of that. So rather than saying, giving you the doses you currently get from your GP, you would get something very specific to you um, to, to basically cure you or, or, or help you with your health. Maybe looking at mine and going, do not reproduce. Do, okay. do it too late. Sorry, kids. It's too, it's too late. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is also, by the way, why some people say, I don't want to know. So we, we get, we get also people saying like, I don't want to know the scary stuff about my, um, 
genome and we respect that so so we we continuously work at genomes DAO developing reports and some reports are a little bit more scary than others and and we just say we have it available if you don't want to know that's fine as well right but just know that the technology and that the reporting structure can take it on so you know if you are curious, you can have a read and and, 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 and and perhaps it could help you. So you guys are bringing this project to the public a little differently. Not only can you get your uh, DNA sequence, but you have an NFT project, which I find really interesting uh, on the Genomes DAO site, nft.genomes.io. They're called genetic cats. And on the surface, they look like, you know, another profile picture one of one generative set, but there's something more to this, isn't there? Correct. So there's a, there's a you know there's a virtual value you know that that ha- every NFT has. So so something that really goes with the you know current NFT discourse. But there's also a, a real life value because for every NFT you buy, you will also be given a kit. So you can redeem a kit. The kit will be sent to your home address where you can um, part with some saliva in a tube. You can send that kit back to us. Uh, we will have your genome sequenced and then also make sure that your genome will end up in a genomes DAO vault. So uh, ba- it basically means that you, can, you, you, you have your sequence ingested in that vault and from then on can work um, with our infrastructure to find out more about yourself and or to uh, earn financial rewards um, should a uh, previously you know, mentioned a pharmaceutical company uh, or research organization uh, be interested to query uh, your genome or, or a part of it. And uh, the, the way that works, and I, I want to be very clear here, because in the intro, you, know, you spoke about the blockchain and DNA sequencing. We do not put any genetic data on the blockchain. So that is not what we do. That's also a very bad idea um, because, uh, uh, first of all, a, a blockchain is, 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 can, can be, is a public space. Um, uh, you, you need to be cautious if you put data on there. We've also done some calculations that if you were to do that, it's around 60 ETH to keep it kind of the data going there, right? So plus it's not safe. Um, what we do is we put the data in a virtual vault Uh, that we've uh, uh, developed with a technology of AMD, and that technology is called AMD SEV-ES. And we've used uh, their tools to build software around the vault, so your genome is encrypted in that vault. And um, so what the blockchain does for us is to make sure that if your data is queried, we keep an auditable trail of who's querying it, and when that happens, so that at all times you know, you know who's working with your data and how it is being consulted. So that is that is where the blockchain comes in from us. For us, it doesn't kick in with us putting the data on the blockchain. So that would be a uh, that would be false. That's not that's not what we're doing. So so check this out. So I just picked up one on the secondary market there on on OpenSea. Uh, and it's it's Batman. He's got Batman shirt on, and it's got double helix. It's pretty cool. So I just bought this on the secondary market. How do I know that the person who already owned this uh, hasn't already received their genetic kit? Yeah. Th- so there is a visual difference. So so of the ones you were seeing, because we just we did our own uh, NFT sale, uh, which we closed just last. Monday, and then now we're selling through OpenSea. So this is this is a, 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 a there's a there's a difference. So the site that you just mentioned, nft.genomes.io, as of now, would you would be referred to OpenSea for the further sales of yeah. uh, of our NFT. That's what I did. I went, I clicked on the OpenSea link, and I went to the collection, and then I bought Correct. one that was for sale by somebody else, Tatianica, yeah. some uh, yeah. Tatianica, Nat, Nat. Or something, yeah. and so I don't know if that was somebody who's already owned one previously and just reselling it, and maybe they already got the kit on their way. And how do I know that I might not if that kit's gone? No, that's a very good question. So there's the uh, so currently no kits have been sent yet, no kits have been redeemed yet because we just had to reveal, I believe, two days ago. 
So we're now in the process of, of that kicking off. So, so no kits have been redeemed. So, you know, so that is <laughs> first and foremost. Um, uh, uh, second of all, there's a visual difference between uh, the NFTs who had the kit redeemed and who wouldn't have it redeemed. So, and, 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 and that visual difference um, uh, uh, will be made clear. So it will be indicated saying, well, kit redeemed. Uh, uh, if, if you, and then if you see such an NFT, then you would have it without the kit. And if, if it wouldn't say that, then you, you could still obtain the kit. We've also advised everyone who bought the NFT, this is like, listen, if you are using it for the secondary market, then please don't redeem the kit. Because, you know, our idea with the NFT was not as much to, um, you know, hype it up on, a, on the NFT market, but we were more interested in, in really making an NFT unique by combining uh, the genetic cat in, in some shape or form with your genetic data, which is, you know, so, so further down, once your uh, genome is in, the, uh, uh, in our vault, in the virtual vault, then we're going to work with an artist who can do a, an interpretation of some of your genetic data that will also be represented in the cat. So it's kind of the cat will become more engraved and will become generative and it would really represent you, so to say. So, uh, but we can imagine that some people don't like that or don't want that. You know, that's all fair. But you know, because it it would it might not encourage them to, to sell it on, and it would really, you know, be a, a unique piece of art that that speaks to you. Um, so, if you don't want to get into that, then then please leave the kit for what it is in the vault, and 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 just leave the NFT intact so you could sell it on. It's my understanding, too, that you're working with Ether.Cards, which has now been rebranded as Galaxis, and they've got some cool technology that will allow people to see whether or not a deliverable has been redeemed on the particular NFT, correct? Correct. Correct. Yeah. So the this is interesting to me. So you get an NFT, but then after the sequencing, you're going to release a one-of-one for the sequencing results of your own genetic cat. So if mine comes back, you know, Russian Jew, is he going to be holding a matzo ball or, you know, what, what's, what's, <laughs> do I get to customize? Can I have my cool Ray-Bans on him? What, what's that all about? Yeah. So we, we are, this is, this is the next step for us. So, you know, we, we, we did our, we, uh, you know, this is our first NFT collection. So this is our Genesis collection of the genetic cats. We are now, um, you know, as Travis asked, we're now going to, for those that want to, we're going to sh ship out the kits and make sure that all the data comes back to us and, and, be, and is put in the vault. And then we're going to work with another artist to make sure that an interpretation of the, of the data is done in the, uh, in the artwork. But we're not in that phase yet. So I, I cannot speak to what it will look like. What I can say is that it won't be with any leakage of your data. So yes, you're right. It will be a quirky, funny thing of, of something that, that, that was read with the data that will be represented in the genetic cat. It won't be kind of any, any numbers or, or anything, any base pairs that, that are in your sequence, so to say. I don't want any um, leaky data. No. I hate when my data leaks. Yeah. So I, I may have made a mistake. Uh, as you referenced earlier, I did some research prior to learning about Genomes DAO um, for an alternative to 23andMe. And what I discovered was a site called nebula.org. And I went on the site and they've got um, different plans here for sequencing DNA. And they there's all these different benefits. And on the chart under the whole genome sequencing, DEEP is what they call it for $299. Um, it says privacy preserving technologies to protect your genetic information. And of course, you know, now I'm looking at it going, all right, am I an idiot? Cause did I just read something meaningless or it, it, have I just sold my DNA to the highest bidder by using the service? Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, to, to get an exact answer to what this product does and does not do, you would need to speak to Kamal, who is the, who's the CEO of Nebula. Um, we work with Nebula, and so this is this is why I know that the 299 product, as far as I know, is not a completely um, is not completely isolated. So that means that your data, there is some information sharing that would happen with your data 
um, by Nebula. Um, because you know, the conversations that we've had with Nebula, so we are working with Nebula as our sequencer. We pay a fee for the sequencing, and that fee is higher than that $299 because we say we don't want to share any type of data in any shape or form with you. So what you need to do is you need to kind of sequence the data for us, but after you sequence it, you need to destroy the data that's basically not vaulted. And that is not a two ninety nine product. Well, it's too late now, I guess. Whatever, yeah. I'm waiting uh, on on mine to to come back. Yeah, and, but yeah. in their, I mean, in their defense, I do think their product is is better than twenty three and Me. So it doesn't necessarily mean that they are as open with your data as twenty three and Me, right? There are because you can you you know data sharing can happen in loads of ways. Um, so it doesn't necessarily have to mean that they are going to do exactly what your data as, as 23andMe is doing. There just might be certain things that they still can do uh, rather than saying, like we are saying is like, no, you know, the data is in the vault and only when you say so, the data will be shared or can be shared and otherwise it won't move. So some people might say, you know, stay away from my, my data. It's in a vault and I, I never want to engage with any pharmaceutical companies or any uh, research organizations or rare disease charities, or for that matter, not even with Genomes DAO, who has their own reports about me. Uh, I don't care. I just want it vaulted. That, that you, you could do that as well. Mm, Travis, I a part of me is like, I hope that, you know, we get our results. Our DNA does not cross paths. But another part of me, it's like, what if you were a brother from another mother, you know, several <laughs> generations back? Well, I know. I, so um, I've not done, I've, as I said, I've not got my DNA, uh, you know, report back, but I do know that I'm English, Irish, Dutch, and German, and French. And I, they've traced, so one side of the family's traced our genetics or our ancestor back to like 1100 somewhere in, in the UK. And then the other side of the family went back to uh, Jacques Milne Labasseur in france and then he left france to go to germany and then he changed his name to jacques bassard because you can't be jacques milner labasseur in uh, in germany apparently and so um so labasseur went to bassard which turned into bishore which was my original last name before my mom remarried and my uh stepdad uh, adopted me whenever i was younger so uh, it, it's interesting to see like where I've come from and and where it is, and I'm actually really curious to see the real story of where I come from because you know I've seen that one documentary back in the day that every person comes from Africa right originally like thousands and thousands of years ago and so it'll be interesting to kind of see uh, the genetic makeup on that. Um, I have a question for you, Aldo, around the Dow. Right. So you got genomes DAO. And so explain to us, what does the DAO work? And is this NFT that that I just purchased? Does that somehow power the DAO in some way? Do I have voting rights? What's what's going on with the DAO? Yeah, so that's a very good question. So we we started um, in our company in 2018 and we started off as a limited company registered in the UK. Um, so, and, and the first two years, two and a half years of our journey was all about getting the tech stack right, you know, getting those vaults and, you know, working on the encryption, but also the querying of the encryption. So making sure that our entire backend makes set, made sense. Uh, so we didn't really go out in the open world and, and test kind of what people would see and hear. Uh, uh, talking about our product. In that process, by the way, we, we, we uh, received investment and support from Consensus. Um, so we were accelerated through Tachyon, which is their uh, startup accelerator vehicle. Uh, in 2019, we did that. Um, and, and, and we learned a lot also from working with these guys, specifically uh, when it comes to applying the blockchain to our technology. Um, and um, in, uh, I think only at, at the end of last year, we started uh, attributing things to the, to the tech stack that uh, uh, corresponded with, okay, how is the user going to interact with Genomes DAO? And one of the, one of the things we, 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 we developed was a utility token, and that became Gene, which was introduced to the market 
via a, a sale on um, uh, sushi.com and more particularly on miso uh, in, in November uh, last year. And with that, of course, came an, you know, an, a, a massive uh, uh, community as well of people who wanted to find out more. And they all assembled in, in, in a Discord, which today is close to 3,000 people and you know, growing every single day of people who were basically interested in kind of what are you doing? What's the setup? And you know, what, is, what does it all stand for? And you know, these are physicians. Uh, bioinformaticians, people who just have a general interest in in genetics, but you know, uh, people who formerly worked at 23andMe. It was also great to see people who work for rare disease uh, charities or are ambassadors for such charities. So it's 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 really an absolute treasure of of people who come together and who share this vision with us. And uh, then we also learn more about hey, why don't we set up a DAO around this? Um, so, so that basically it's not only just people, um, you know, chatting away, but that there's also real ownership to, to what they do. And so next to our utility token, we then also introduced a governance token called GNOME, G-N-O-M-E. Um, so people could convert their genes into GNOMEs if they would basically want to stay involved with uh, DAO as a, as a DAO holder, so to say. And so every Thursday we have our DAO meetings. Uh, we talk to kind of you know anyone who's a DAO holder uh, for you know to join uh, uh, our meeting, and we share kind of you know decisions that need to be made. We have votes, um, uh, so we really and, and and we see that it it really helps us. You know every every time there's a new perspective, there are new ideas that come to the table, um, and it really helps us grow. Um, with regards to if you bought the NFT, you're not automatically a DAO holder. Um, what I would say is because I think you can become a DAO holder once you are the owner of GNOME. Um, uh, and, and for further details on you know, the exact route into that, I, I would suggest that you join the discords because we've got people who can help you and can really navigate uh, you towards becoming a DAO holder. Aldo, thank you yeah. for educating us today. The website genomes.io nft.genomes.io to learn more about genetic cats and we'll have links to the discord and the twitters in the show notes don't sequence me bro <laughs> unless unless i want Not you to you thank you yeah. thanks aldo appreciate you thank you so much really uh, an honor that you made some time for me thank you so much. can't believe i said teach bitch like because <laughs> he found a teach pitch like, yeah teach bitch it's still teach, funny. Teach, teach bits. It's funny-ish about clack. What do you think? Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> it's good. Click and clack. Here we are again. Was that like? Is that like a thing from like the fifties or something? Click and I clack. don't know. What is that? Is that? I don't something? know. I I, I I really don't know. I don't care. I think it's funny. I'm I'm good yeah. with that. So yeah. a tweet went out, and you shared this with me. I'm looking for the actual tweet here. There's a. Uh, a site um, that had this headline, Google alternative, quote, conservative friendly DuckDuckGo participates in woke censorship of so-called misinformation. And what it is, it's a tweet from the CEO and founder of DuckDuckGo, um, Gabriel Weinberg. The account is Y-E-G-G. Travis, what did he have to say? So his tweet was, Like many others, I am sickened by Russia's invasion of Ukraine and the gigantic humanitarian crisis it continues to create. Hashtag stand with Ukraine. At DuckDuckGo, we've been rolling out search engine updates that downrank sites associated with Russian disinformation. In addition to downranking sites associated with disinformation, we also often place news modules or information boxes at the top of the DuckDuckGo search results where they are seen and clicked the most to highlight quality information for rapidly unfolding topics. DuckDuckGo's mission is to make simple privacy protection accessible to all. Privacy is a human right and transcends politics, which is why about 100 million people around the world used to use DuckDuckGo, but they don't anymore because they're fucking idiots. Because here's the thing. And then the tweets around this is like, dude, you've lost your competitive edge. I just removed your search engine. There's no point of having you anymore. Yep. Oh, so, so now you're basically just Google with less brand authority. Right. Yeah, pretty much. And, you know, the moment you start censoring other opinions, whether you agree with them or not, uh, is the moment you have jumped the shark. 
you are officially the baddies. And this guy is getting eaten alive on Twitter. I mean, they're just they're tearing him a new one. This is such a horrible thing um, that they've done. So we until unless they reverse this policy, uh, yeah. you know, fr free speech means free speech. You don't have to like it. It could be the most abhorrent of speech. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I was taught a long time ago when I was younger that everything should be on the table. It's the only way that you can evaluate and determine what you think is right and what you think is wrong, what you determine is good and what is evil. If you're just getting one side, then how, how can you make those decisions? Don't protect me from the realities of the world. Put them out there in front of me. And it reminds me, I might have talked about this on the show before. When I was a kid, the, uh, the Nazi party sued to uh, march in Skokie, Illinois, which is a, a huge Jewish population, like people who uh, had some of them had lived through you know, World War II had been in concentration camps or lost family members during, you know, the Holocaust and the uh, the, the courts, you know, heard the case and decided, no, we're, we're going to let them march and you can choose to not go and seeing these abhorrent people, you know, marching on the street with their swastikas stickers and their uh, their their white supremacy um, and master race bullshit just reinforces for people hey this is wrong mm -hmm. yeah and i think part of the problem is too is that whenever you hide it it makes it more interesting to people like whenever something gets censored immediately i go and research it because i'm like why do you don't why is the powers that be not want me to learn about this right and then and then so they're saying oh any russian disinformation and then so my question is is like oh like jesse smollett like when he said, oh, like, like what happens if you get into an interesting case where you go, oh, Jesse Smollett, he was uh, he was, uh, you know, attacked and, and, and had a noose around and it turned out to be a complete fraud. But it was misinformation to suggest anything otherwise until it was determined that that was true. Now, I look at this and the very first thing that I saw, uh, I went down the rabbit hole immediately with the Ukraine invasion and I discovered that, oh, look, here's at the, at the U.S., Secretary of State website, here's all of these bio labs that are in Ukraine. And they have since scrubbed that page. They're all available on archive.org. You can go in and see all the PDFs that have all the information about all of those labs. And now you have Jen Psaki, who's the, the mouthpiece for the White House, saying, oh, that's a complete, that, that doesn't exist at all. And it's like, fuckers, I can go and read, I can go see your archive documents. <laughs> the fuck are you talking about doesn't exist i literally read the pdfs i saw exactly where they were located at and that's exactly where russia was bombing that very first day was those exact locations and since then it's escalated into this massive humanitarian craziness but initially that's what was being bombed from my research that i discovered and i uh, and I look at things objectively. I love Ukraine. Well, I've been to Ukraine seven times. I don't want Ukraine to be bombed. I also don't want bioweapon labs anywhere in the world. Those should be illegal. Those are those are against war treaties and shit. So the uh, the Facebook fact checkers have just gotten back to me and they've checked your facts and they okay. said, me, me. That's what they yeah. well, I'm, thing, I'm quoting like, them, I, though. I, you know what? It's like, yeah. According now to to DuckDuckGo, that would be misinformation. But guess what? Go do your own fucking research. Go look on go look on archive.org. Type in uh, uh, U.S. Biolabs archive.org, and you can go and find it. There's a nationalfile.com article that actually links all the PDFs that were on the Secretary of State's website that are gone now. I saw them immediately. Whenever I found that information, I went to the Secretary of State's website. I looked at all those bio labs. I read PDFs of them. I was like, wow, this is this is wild. Like, here they are. There's some in Kharkiv. They're here in some of these other places. Look at all of them. There's like 30 of them. And, oh, no, there's none. Okay. That, well, that's fake news. There's more than meets the eye, bro. There's more it, than meets the eye. And whenever they start deleting stuff, that's horrible because now more than meets the eye, we don't want you to, we don't want this to come to your eye. And so we're going to block it out. Right. So he's using the virtue signaling stand with Ukraine, which is fine. I stand with the people of Ukraine. I also stand with the people of Russia, you know, who are the victims of all these sanctions who aren't going to be able to sure. access anything or get anything. And meanwhile, Putin's going to live in his palace and and not suffer at all. 
but the people of Russia and Ukraine are suffering here. It's horrible, man. I got so many friends in Ukraine that are like developers and, and, and friends that I've met when I've been there and just amazing people. I love Ukraine. I love Ukrainians. I, I, I got so many friends in Russia that are just amazing people and they're all suffering. But one thing that's happening as a result of this though, is that we've shut off visa. They've shut off MasterCard. They've shut off Swift. So now Russia's joining China in the union pay, and now they're going to have credit cards that's union pay. They're going to get out. They're no longer going to be trading in dollars and then using dollars to buy oil. The dollar is going to collapse because there's going to be so many dollars in circulation now that are not needed by these other countries because they're not buying oil with it and they're not trading currencies with it. And the dollar, we're going to see Venezuelan type hyperinflation. We're going to see you know, 1923 Germany type hyperinflation with the right with the Reichs uh, with the what was it the mark the Reichsmark back in the day. There's this this is historically has happened multiple times. And actually, I want to put a link to this on in this uh, in this show notes. Ray Dalio has an amazing 45 minute illustrated animated video talking about the f- last 500 years of cent- of of uh, reserve currencies. You know, and and you know. Portugal had it in the, for 80 years, and then Spain had it for X amount of years, and then the Dutch had it for X amount of years or whatever, and then France had it, and then Britain had it, and now America has it, but we're at the end of the life cycle on this because we're printing money, and you can screech and re all you like, but it's not good, and you should watch this video. I think everybody really should watch this video to teach them about the world reserve currency and how fiat money is bad and how Having more of your money in Bitcoin is not a bad idea, not financial advice, probably financial advice. You should probably get out of all those dollars in some way, but um, craziness, bro. It is indeed. And I think, you know, what we witnessed on Twitter today was basically the CEO of a company executing his own company. Just, I mean, unknowingly, and and he thinks that he's self-righteous in his doing so. Yeah, you you don't, I mean, certainly he had to have, talked with team members but you would think that there's people at DuckDuckGo that are just cringing right now going what i mean think about it if you're there and you've been supporting the search engine which values privacy and free speech and your ceo just comes out and says well we're going to start censoring things that we don't think match the narrative holy cow now you're in a quandary right now you're in a quandary folks i mean it's like can can you imagine working for Google or Facebook or Twitter. That's your job being part of the book burners. <laughs> that's well, that's point, what you do. At one, point, at one point, you know, a lot of them are probably proud. They got the job at, like I, I, I interviewed for Google back in the day in 2013, I had 14 interviews in one day and they were asking the same questions. And, and you know what, you know, how Travis gets a little grumpy after a little while. Mm-hmm. Like after I was, so there was one interviewer who was just, kind of asinine and she was very bitchy and like and i kind of was like i was hitting i was hitting on her on her bitchiness and so i was kind of being travis a little bit and so that made me not googly enough i was 13 14th googly i passed 13 of the interviews they love me one bitch did not love me so i did not get the job at google and it is what it is what are you gonna do cry about it well no it's, it's it's basically turned into a blessing in disguise because shortly thereafter, Sir Lord Joel Com and I ended up creating bad crypto and it is what it is. Here's, here's it, life comes sometimes uh, goes off in ways you might not expect. So, you know, it is what it is. These people are proud of it. Then they're going to realize, Oh my God, are we the baddies? Yeah. You're the baddies. You're the one that's hiding information. And guess what? If it's not right, it's going to surface on its own. Like, but if you try to hide information, that's where the problem is because the truth can always be debated. But whenever there's untruths, those are the ones who wants to hide things. And so I always dive down that rabbit hole and try to figure it out. A lot of times it's it's not the case, but sometimes it really is the case. And so you got to have critical thinking to be able to pay even pay attention to it. Conspiracy alert. <laughs> Come on, Trevor. Cut it out. Gosh. Sorry, James. <laughs> it's all good. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. We appreciate your reviews. If uh, you give us one stars, we like to review your one star in exchange and mock you mercilessly because you probably either are one who prefers censorship um, or you're just offended by something that somebody else's opinion. And this is how you take it out. Or 
you're a true uh, member of the Republic of Bad Cryptopia, and you write us a five-star review with humor and tongue-in-cheek because you get us, you feel us, you see us, we see you. And either way, we appreciate it. It's, it's good. Hey, if you write us a five-star review, we might mock you mercilessly as well. I don't know. I'm yeah. Ming the Merciless. <laughs> you are Ming the Merciless? That's yeah. good. Nice. Remember okay. Ming the Merciless from Buck Rogers? <laughs> I actually, oh, I do remember him. Yes. I, wow, that's a blast from the past. That's from like yeah. 1980 shit right there. Yeah, I'm blasty and pasty. It's good. All right. And you're a little pasty. But you're going, uh, but you're going to be going to San Diego, and maybe you'll get some sunlight. Actually, you've been yeah. going to the beach. You're looking good. You're not looking too sunshiny. Very much looking forward to uh, San Diego, which of course means a whale's vagina. And uh, I'll be giving. Does it the- really? No, it doesn't. <laughs> Did you ever see Anchorman? Oh, yeah, I have. I, but I that's, forgot that. That's pretty funny. It's the the oh, only what? memorable line, uh, as far as I'm concerned. Sorry, I don't mean to offend any Anchorman fans. You know, don't write me a bad review or send me hate mail. Send my hate mail to Travis. He likes getting it. Oh, I love hate mail. Yeah. And, uh, you know, review, subscribe, ring bells, touch buttons. Don't touch others. That's, you know, leave them alone. It's not nice. Touch yourself if you want to. That's true. Now I'm over here. I'm over here trying to figure out how to get DuckDuckGo as not my, uh, as, as my. So if you're in the Brave browser, you go to the settings, you pull down the hamburger menu on the upper right and all almost all the way down to the bottom, you go to settings. And then on the left side, you will see a search engine. Click there, pick your default search engine. Um, what they have listed out here for defaults are Brave, Google, DuckDuckGo, Quant, Bing, Start Page, and Ecosia. Um, so far, I don't know if I have a problem with Brave or not. I like the browser, so I think it could be a good option. I've heard that Quant is good, and I've heard that Start Page is good. So I've changed mine to Brave for the time being. I am no longer using DuckDuckGo because their CEO is a clown and uh, made a really, really bad decision. What will really be interesting is to go on to Alexa, uh, not the amazon voice spying device that i just triggered in everybody's home but uh, alexa.com which is a website that tracks uh, website data and to see the plummet in DuckDuckGo traffic over the next week it's gonna be very entertaining that will be what what oh yeah yeah we should use yeah alexa the website alexa check out DuckDuckGo's plummeting ratings (laughs) hey alexa Play Bad Crypto Podcast again. Start hey, over and stay bad. Hey, Siri, stay bad. <laughs> hey, Google, kiss my ass. <laughs> hey, Joel. The, the, <laughs> You're nice. I like you, Joel. You're, you're the nice. devices all over the world are going off right now. You guys, shut up. Stop it. Hey, Siri. Alexa. Google. Hey, Google. Stay, stay bad. The Bad Crypto Podcast is a production of Bad Crypto, LLC. The content of the show, the videos, and the website is provided for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. It's not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice of any kind. You shouldn't make any decisions as to finances, investing, trading, or anything else based on this information without undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional financial advisor. Please understand that the trading of Bitcoin's and alternative cryptocurrencies have potential risks involved. Anyone wishing to invest in any of the currencies or tokens mentioned on this podcast should first seek their own independent professional financial advisor.